and welcome to the My Muy Bueno Women in Business podcast. I'm Justine Murphy, founder of My Muy Bueno, and a very big welcome back to everyone who is tuning in. Hi, everyone. Welcome. And here we are again. Another fortnight has whizzed past. Uh, lots has happened, lots of different things, I guess, in my world, uh, one of which being that lockdown here in London has lifted, thankfully. So uh, although there are still some restrictions, it was nice finally last night to get out with my family, have some freedom, go and have a really yummy meal and walk around Covent Garden and take in all the lights and the Christmas tree and and the magic that kind of London offers, despite it being so very quiet. Um, been busy with the launch of my new recruitment agency, My Muy Bueno Captains, for placement of captains on super yachts. So that was really exciting and really um, a great kind of evolution of My Muy Bueno now, connecting everything else that we do with the brokerage and concierge and the other recruitment divisions for chefs and interior, just bringing everything um yeah, together to really provide and cater for our our clients. So I've been kept pretty busy um, and otherwise very well, just gearing up for Christmas. Very excited, kind of have all my Christmas, uh, yeah, food shopping lists coming together and to-do lists with everything. Been working on my, I did my mince pies a few weeks ago. I just did my chocolate Yule log and shared that recipe on my Instagram and my reels being a plant-based and refined sugar-free chocolate log, like all my desserts in my cookbook. Um, very big on having healthier desserts that still taste just as delicious as all the the butter and sugar filled uh, cakes and desserts. But, you know, I want to be able to have those things on a daily basis in moderation and kind of being more aware of what's going into my body and being that much healthier with it. And then it means I can have the pizza or I can do have the curry um, or the roast dinner. But then if I have my something sweet, it can be that much healthier and more guilt free, which is good. So now having that kind of those recipes nailed for Christmas time and sharing those has been fantastic and looking forward to oh, all of that Christmas has to offer. Um, lots of lots lots coming up really. Next week is a really significant one. It's um, my husband and I will be celebrating our 10 year wedding anniversary. And then of course, in a few weeks time, my muy bueno is going to be nine years old. So it's a really big year. Um, you know, my cookbook launched, my uh, obviously COVID hit and knocked everything sideways like it has. Um, but actually through just recording with our guest today, really show me that, you know, I, I might not have got my big party to celebrate my cookbook um, when I should have in April, um, but I will, and I will have my party, and I will celebrate my book, you know, not letting it just fly on by, because, and having these kind of, you know, my 40th birthday celebration, um, and then, of course, next week now, my wedding anniversary, you know, so much has happened, and brought me back full circle from, from, yeah, it's a big year, it's a big year, so, um, and we're, we're at a, yeah, I, I've just had a really amazing amazing podcast um chat with our wonderful guest and i'm still processing it all uh, because she really did and does bring a lot to the table that i think is going to massively uh resonate with you it certainly has resonated with me um so octavia gorodima 
she is our guest uh, today. So now, Octavia Gorodima has, we've known each other for a very long time, going right back, um, as we'll cover kind of 20, it's spanning about 20 years now, uh, when we both worked in a PR company. Um, and uh, now Octavia's amazing. She's, she's I'll, I'll read out what I've got because I don't want to mess it up really. So she's an award-winning career coach and writer. She's the founder of the 2010 Agency, which is a career coaching company based in Southern California, which is also Octavia's home. However, she was born and raised in the UK. Um, now, the 2010 Agency coaches professionals. It helps people to connect with their potential, leveraging their unique strengths to make their success soar. Um, she's got a book coming out, uh, which she'll be sharing a bit more about, and that's a, a career guide for underrepresented women. She's a co-host um, of the Harvard Business Review now, which is a weekly show for Harvard Business uh, Review. She is, uh, of course, she has she's a, a, a member of the Royal Society of Arts, as well as a member of the Order of the British Empire. Uh, Octavia Gorodima, uh, MBE, one absolutely incredible guest. So with no further ado, here is uh, here she is. So welcome, Octavia Gorodima, founder of 2010 Agency, all the way over in Southern California. Welcome to the show, Octavia. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Justine. Thank you for being here. So you are, I mean, I've just done an introduction about you, um, but so I'll leave you to kind of explain a bit more about kind of well, your story, your journey, um, kind of where you've come from to where you are today. And of course, how 2010 Agency came to be. So I'm a career coach and the founder of 2010 Agency, and my company provides career coaching to mid to senior level professionals um, across the United States. Wow. I'm based in Los Angeles, um, but my clients are everywhere. Um, I work with a small team of coaches and we're really passionate about supporting underrepresented professionals. Um, as a black woman myself, I'm painfully aware about the statistics when it comes to gender and race in the workplace. Um, the gender gap is real. It touches pretty much every industry yeah. you can think of. And when you factor in race as well, women of color are earning less um, than men statistically. And that's just consistent. And, you know, it's been projected by the World Economic Forum even before COVID that it could take a century wow. to get parity as women, just as women, which is unreal yeah. when you think about it. And so that is really important. And how it plays out right now really matters. And so... The work that we do is centered on helping people advance their careers Amazing. and know their worth Amazing. and land that next job or that promotion or deal with like a difficult situation at work or remote working as we're dealing with now. And so our clients are all around the United States. Um, sometimes I start my day working with a tech company in Silicon Valley and then I could be meeting with someone in New York and then wow. in the Midwest. It's, it's really, really varied. Very dynamic. Um, and I love the work that I do. Um, and it actually began um, 20 years ago, but I didn't know it then because I started my career working in public relations, as you know. Indeed, where we first um, met, yes. That's how, that's how <laughs> we first met, in London. I wasn't in Los ago. Angeles. Yep. I was in London and I moved to London right after. In fact, I moved to London before I graduated. I went to the University of Leicester mm -hmm. 
and I decided I wanted to pursue a career in PR and I I kind of done well going into my final year so I knew that I was going to get my 2-1 degree and I started applying for jobs pretty early and I was actually all set on staying in the Midlands at that time but it just so happened I saw a job posting in the Guardian newspaper I don't know if they still have Media Guardian on a Mondays but on Mondays it used to be the Media Garden se- Guardian section and I saw a job posting for an entry-level PR position and you don't often see entry-level positions advertised but I saw it and I applied and I got it amazing and I got it and I hadn't even graduated yet that's amazing (laughs) I love it I I I actually undenied about it for a long time because I was in the final rounds of interviewing for a role uh, a PR company in Birmingham as well and I that's my hometown and I actually was more excited about that opportunity and then my friend Simone and who I'm still friends with. We, we happened to go to a friend's birthday party in London. She came with me and she was looking around. She's like, oh, Tavi, you'd be crazy to turn it's down London. this London, yeah. You've got to do it. And I was like, okay. And so <laughs> I, I, I took the leap and I moved to London and took time off from that first job to go back to my graduation. But long story short, this 20-year experience kind of it's just been such a roller coaster from like landing that first job and then figuring out how it is to actually be in an office all day mm-hmm. and what happens and personalities and yeah. and how to be in a meeting for the first time and then how to run a meeting and then how to lead teams and then how to be promoted and how to negotiate your salary mm-hmm. and then I ultimately ended up relocating with the company that you and I worked at yes. um, to the United States and then being in a completely new new country, new market, leading teams. Um, and then, of course, having children mm-hmm. and taking a career break and returning to work as a parent and running alongside all of these milestones in my professional career, I was really trying to figure out what mattered the most to me. Mm-hmm. And 10 years ago, I was back in London um, after spending some time in Los Angeles and really thinking about what do I do next? And I knew in my heart I wanted to have my own business, but all of my circle had been people that worked in media and public relations, which was great. It was really varied. I've I've worked with really fantastic people, but there weren't people in my circle that were doing the sorts of things that I wanted to move into. And I had a new baby and I I couldn't network the way that I felt I might need to, right? Because I was breastfeeding and I had her and I was, you know, back, even though I knew London, I was back in a new environment, in a new role as a mother. And I had the fortune of going to this event in London. And it was like this, I think it was for women in business and it was a free event. I can't remember who put it on, but it was fantastic. It was really, really good. But guess what? They provided a creche. And they said, if you register, you can put, if you've got a baby, you can put the baby in the creche and come to the event. So I did that. Amazing. put my baby in the creche and I was at the event. I'd pop back and forth to check on it. But I happened to be sat randomly at a table with some just really interesting women. And it was just so great. And I was kind of looking around. I was like, kind of said, hey, um, do you think you might want to get together again? Oh, nice. <laughs> and some of them said yes. And so I started a networking circle for Black women in business. Amazing. And I called it the 2010 Club because it was March 2010. Okay. And I didn't know really what else to call it. And we met at the Soho Hotel in London the first time. And we just, from there, started meeting regularly to support one another. How many women and did you have kind of coming together? 
at that, at the at that stage? It was probably about eight or ten women. Okay. Um, nice. And I had no idea that it didn't even have a name then. We right. just gathered. And I didn't know what it would become. Okay. But that became the foundation for everything that I have done since. That's amazing. I, I love no, that. Wow. No idea. And so from that circle, um, we started doing work supporting one another yeah. and meeting monthly. And then I realized I, I've always loved writing and I wanted to share the stories of some of the women, not just in that in our networking circle, but also women that I had encountered, black women in particular, who are doing phenomenal things, but who no one knew because often you have to have done something major to get media coverage, you know, in terms of significant media coverage. Yeah. And I was really in awe of the people that were doing really cool things, but no one knew they, they might not existed, they might not get that major major media coverage right now but i'm looking at what they do i was like i want to share what you're doing and so i started interviewing them and black enterprise a magazine here ultimately saw some of my posts and like can you can you write that stuff for us can we share some of these things so all of a sudden these wow. exact same women were getting coverage wow. like in Amazing. an american business publication and running alongside the writing um, there was a principal at a school who saw something I'd written and reached out to me, um, a school in South London, and asked if we could do some things together. And I was like, absolutely, because when I was growing up, well, actually, I've never had a black teacher. I've never had, never had um, a black professor. Um, my role models that looked like me were, were pretty non-existent. And so it was really important to me that we did work with the next generation and so that they could not just see us, but actually have conversations and dream bigger than we ever did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we started the 2010 club started doing mentoring programs in schools wow. um, like speed mentoring. And I had some of the students write content like for our website oh, and we get involved in career days. And I loved, loved, loved all of that. And, one day I was on my way to one of those events. Um, I was running a little bit late because my babysitter was a little late and I was at the Victoria train station to catch the train. And I recognized someone on the platform and I was like, oh, I think you're on your way to St. Matthew Academy. She's like, yes, I am. And so we got talking and the woman with her um, worked for the prime minister. And so she was fascinated by what we were doing. And she was like, she like watched what I did at, on stage and then she was like I'd really love it if you could help us with an enterprise campaign that we have we need more black women in it which I wow. did um, and so the 2010 club was part of that and there were television adverts That's and incredible. newspaper adverts and I traveled um, to Leeds for an event with the Prime Minister it was Prime Minister Cameron at the time um, and that was wonderful um, but at that time, I was also planning to move back to Los Angeles with my family. Oh, all while this was career. all kind of bubbling oh, away well, and taking off. Well, and all just... this was going on. And so <gasps> I moved back to Los Angeles and actually I had a second baby by then. I really didn't know what I was going to do. Okay. But I didn't know it at that time. I found out shortly afterwards. I got a, a voicemail from the cabinet office <laughs> and to tell me that, I've been nominated for an MBA um, for the work that I had done. Wow. And so um, wow. that was a really special moment. It's an accolade. I, wow. What I learned was that sometimes you, you never know where something's going to take you, but it's really important to trust your gut. Yes. And that 
isn't the end of my story. That actually is kind of just the middle because actually the hardest years for me probably came after that. Right. In terms of me, even though having recognition and this, you know, great accomplishment, but really still trying to figure out what do I do now? Yeah. What do I do next? And it was actually me trying to figure out, I went back into the workplace for a while and it was really I'm sure and especially in a way after such a big recognition and such a big accolade to then kind of go well I'm here where do I go from there right now that must have been really difficult it was really hard and so it took me a long time to figure it out but out of that struggle um, I decided to create a career resource specifically for working women and black working women and that was 2010 talent right so I started while I was working I was kind of sharing career advice content and all the things that I was trying to figure out I was writing about and interviewing others I had no idea at that time that I was going to become a coach wow but that was that was actually the start of that process and then a really large international company reached out to me and was like hey will you be um, a career coach and spokesperson for us and um, and I kind of thought maybe they were going to vet me on the f- meeting in the meeting that we had but no they'd actually already chosen me offered you the job I that's it. we want it. you <laughs> and it was like it was a project but it, amazing and it was incredible but more importantly I was really really excited about doing it and it, I just right. really realized oh my goodness this everything I've been working towards I can fuse my like corporate professional experience with this mm. passion that I have for the stuff that most people don't see because yes. no one knows how your career feels yeah nobody does yeah they'll see what it looks like from the outside but yeah. nobody knows of course what you've had to do or what you're facing you or you know there. what feedback you've had in your performance review and so I'm really passionate about the stuff that comes before success and helping people reconnect with their potential and as part of that journey, I worked with a coach myself and it just blew my mind. And I just knew that, oh my goodness, this is what I meant to do. But I was like, okay, let me train and let me see how it feels. And as part of my training, I had to jump in immediately and start coaching people. That was the requirement. I'm like, wait, am I not supposed to like finish the training first and then do that? <laughs> but I'm so glad that it was actually that way around because okay. the jumping in and trying it out and feeling it, it just out. just getting your feet and wet so from the start it took me a, a journey to to get there oh, but wow. now it's the work that I'm meant to do it that. takes me to so many fascinating places I'm talking to you today yeah, yeah. Um, I'm now writing a book which is a career oh. guide for underrepresented women and you know I present a show for Harvard Business Review so it's been a journey but it's one that I'm so thrilled to be on You are one amazing woman, Octavia, really. I mean, wow. I mean, your your journey is incredible. And I love that. I love that you've gone through so many different stages to get to where you are today. And there's so many women out there who have probably probably recognized different elements of your journey as you were sharing about it because sometimes we often don't quite know where we're at, especially after having children as well and, you know, having that kind of, you know, questioning your yeah your next moves and your identity I guess and who you are and where you're meant to be and you know and again after this year it's not so many people and left people with great big question marks on on their businesses and their their life and what next steps to take and so on and so forth so I think yeah it's really um and again and like you said you've got to trust your gut 
you trust yeah. it wholeheartedly because it never fails. It never, even though sometimes if you're not quite sure, you just got to keep keep at it. And then suddenly when you look back at everything, you go, ah, wow, now it all makes sense. I mean, really, that I look back so at true. this year that even. So it's, you know, if I knew I, I was going to be- I couldn't agree more about that. And a, few, a couple of years ago, I was interviewed by Stylist Magazine. Um, <laughs> they were asking Britain's most successful women for career advice. And I'm like, Okay, all right. Look, I, you know, I gave it, but my, my advice was that trust your gut piece because I did not trust my gut at the start of my career. Mm. I didn't trust that I I didn't trust that I knew enough. But actually, no one knows you better than you. You might not know everything you're going to do. You might mm. not know your potential, but you have to trust how something might feel. Yes. And so, trusting your gut, I think, is the most important thing. Completely. And it took me a few years to learn that. Yes it's so important which is part of life anyhow you know personally and professionally you can't claim to know everything right now because that's part of your journey learning and falling down and getting back up again and different people and different interactions and clients and so on and so forth and that's how we all mature and grow and the great journey of life itself really so (laughs) um so we are today our topic is all about imposter syndrome and and you're going to be sharing and shining the light on imposter syndrome um, and how to overcome it. Because it's something that it's, you know, we've heard about it uh, more and more often in the last couple of years. Um, But if, yeah, let's kind of shine some bright light on it because I think it's an area that most people listening are going to resonate with and recognize um, that they maybe are experiencing it or have experienced it or elements of it. So yeah, what, what is imposter syndrome? First of all, so imposter syndrome can touch you in so many different ways. And like you said, almost everyone experiences it. Um, It could be that you have feelings of inadequacy um, or Uh self-doubt, or it could be you've actually done something really major, (laughs) but you're really uncomfortable with the recognition or just just that that thing in itself doesn't quite feel like you deserve it. It could be that you feel like you're faking it sometimes and someone's gonna catch you out. Or it might be that you're just really afraid to shine, right? You just don't, you kind of trying to devalue your accomplishment or your Mm. achievement um, or even your worth. It can, it can can be lots of different things. And as a coach, a lot of my clients are dealing with imposter syndrome at different times in their careers. Right. Um, and also me indiv- as an individual. Yeah. No one's immune to it yeah. either. So um, a few years ago, I bumped into um, a person I hadn't seen in about 10 years. We ran into each other on the street. And she's like, oh my gosh, Octavia, it's so cool to see you. What have you been up to? And, you know, I told her really fast and she told me the same. And she's like, oh my goodness, I'm doing a panel on imposter syndrome and I would love to have you as a speaker. And I said, oh no, you don't need me. I can think of three people that would be better than me. And she's like, no, (laughs) I asked you. (laughs) And so, you know, I I did the panel, but I opened it with that story that here I am on the panel on imposter syndrome. (laughs) I I actually exhibited imposter syndrome when I was asked asked to do it. So none of us are... None of us are immune to it. Mm-hmm. Nobody is. Okay. So how would you, uh, I mean, I definitely, and even when I spent time researching this topic properly myself before today's episode, 
you know, I recognize lots of different elements of things in myself. You know, I'm such a perfectionist and, you know, always set these unrealistic goals for myself. And if I don't um, achieve them or I feel like I've, you know, failed in some way, you know, there's all these kind of feelings of inadequacy that come and, um, and, yeah, you know, just self-doubt and not measuring up. And, you know, we often set them for ourselves. So it is a lot of imposter syndrome. I mean, it's all going on inside. But then obviously it's affecting our everyday decisions and what we do and stopping us from achieving our potential, surely. Exactly. Because your actions are determined by your mindset. Mm. Oh, I like that. That's good. It's always the case. And so if you decide, that's why you have the glass half empty, glass half full. If you decide that you're going to change how you think about something, it will impact your actions. But I also feel we're all human. So I think the key is to recognize it when you're feeling it yes, and acknowledge it, but then use it to your advantage mm-hmm. and find the strategies that make sense for you in terms of how you overcome it. I mean, I always advise my clients, regardless of whether they're going through a bout of imposter syndrome or not, but to keep track of their accomplishments, mm-hmm. not just because they've got a performance review to plan for, which is always a nightmare to do when you're kind of looking back on it, but for themselves mm. regularly. And we can be very caught up on what's on our to-do list and have we done what's on our to-do list. But I also think it's very important at the end of each day or at the very least at the end of each week, jotting down the things that you're proud of yes, and the things that were amazing. Yes. It could be, yes, you had to plan for this event, but how did it feel to do that event? Mm. What did you, you know, what, Owning did, you those you know, what did you do? Owning those accomplishments. So the way I do it personally, I'm always on my laptop, right? I'm on my laptop right now. So I have like one document on my desktop, like month of December. And as something cool happens, or if I get some feedback in an email or like I nail a meeting, I jot it down in there. Also in my planner, even though it's not, they have different sections in the plan, but the very front of the planner, there's two blank pages. For me, I fill up those pages throughout the year. I just jot down cool stuff. Nice. What's the great stuff that I've done because I'll often forget and then I'm looking at my planet's makeup and then I go back and I look at the front and then it grows throughout the year and you see all these amazing things. Amazing. And then for me also, I'm a very visual person and I love Pinterest. Pinterest for me is where I do a lot of visioning, like planning, like holidays, trips, something I'm working on. I'm often grabbing articles and saving them there, but I keep a board on Pinterest for each year. And then during the year, if something cool happens, I find a visual that kind of reminds me of that thing. I love that. I pin it because seeing it visually, not just the written down, is just so impactful. And so, like last night, I was on Pinterest for another reason, but then I went back and looked at last year's board. I'm like, oh my gosh! And it's a really nice reminder. Yes. of all the things that I did. And it's very personal to me, you know, some of the things are public things that others have seen. Some of them are like just Private. really personal things yeah. that no one else might necessarily know. But it reminds me, especially times when I'm about to embark on something that might be scary yes. or something new that I've done this before, huh. maybe not this exact thing, but yes. I've overcome Look something what before. I've done already. Yes. Wow. I love that. That's a really powerful one. And I've never heard that before. And it makes so much sense as well to have something that's right in front of you to have that really strong impact then that images provide. Wow. And that works really well for me. You find the thing that works for you. 
Like it might be that, you know, you you have a wall in front of your desk and, you know, you're jotting things down there. Maybe you, you can decide, but I think we can we can take for granted what we've done because we're moving so quickly through life and we're yes. always looking at the next thing and the next hurdle. Mm. And it's very easy to forget mm. what we've done that same day. Do you or think that... Do you think that there's a fine line between women feeling like, you know, there's a imposter syndrome uh, feelings? And then, of course, there's the fine line between owning those achievements and then maybe almost feeling like, well, I can't be too proud or I don't want to be seen like I'm gloating or I don't want to, you know, I think like that element of, you know, there's owning achievements and telling everyone I've done this and I've done that, but then not wanting to be portrayed as someone who's there going, look at all the things I've done. And I think that must play a part of it because no one wants to be that person either as much. So it's a really difficult, how do you kind of applaud your, your, you know, and share all of your achievements and get other people excited about them without coming off as someone who's got some sort of superiority and then of course can lean to other feelings. It's really hard and I think Mm. as women it's incredibly hard because we often feel the pressure to be liked right and to be likable but I have to say you know when I was working in corporate America um, before I had my coaching company and I was leading men and women I'll tell you the guys would come into meetings and whether it's their performance review, and they would talk about what they'd done. Huh, yes. You know? Yeah. And sometimes they hadn't even done all the things. It was you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot more talk you know, than taking credit. <laughs> no problem yeah. with talking about what they'd done. Yeah. No problem women. with talking about and it's not all it doesn't always fall on gender lines. I know there's men that struggle with that too. Sure. And you know, and there's women that are more confident in sharing and others who are not. We're all, there's nuances there. But shining unapologetically is really important. Yes. You know, that's something my friend Stephanie says all the time, shine unapologetically. Yes. Not doesn't always feel comfortable, but you will inspire and motivate others. Yes. Even if it feels uncomfortable okay. for you. Interesting. And then that surely has a lot to do with the people you surround yourself with as well. Having other strong women who lift you up and support you and applaud you and champion you the same way you do them, opposed to yeah. those that you have those sort of feelings around or so on and so forth. Yeah, it's really hard. And I think also I've had to learn myself that I can shine unapologetically when I want to, regardless of whether there's validation associated with that from other people, because you have to really own and be proud of what you've done. Because like I said, no one else will really know what it's taken for Mm. you to do that thing. Of course. They might just see the end results. Yes. Wow, Justine, that's incredible. Yeah. But they've got they no clue. Know. That takes you exactly. right back to the, I often talk about the that image of the iceberg. You see the, yes. the top with the, the success, but yes. no one sees everything yes. going on and how far and down under the water it actually goes. Yes. It's exactly yes. the same thing, yeah. Exactly. And also, I encourage, in addition to tracking your accomplishments, just to keep, not just to give you that boost when you need it for imposter syndrome, it's just great thing for you to do anyway but talking about it like you said with someone in your circle that you really trust and talking it to because we have all been there and we're our own worst critics without a doubt there'll be no one that's a worse critic for you than you are and so having someone in your life who has positive energy 
and who you know, so you important. know, doing great things yes. and builds others up. Yes. We all need someone like that in our circle. And there'll be times when you do, you have to just have that conversation. It's like, this is how I'm feeling. And you can, talking it out can make it so much better. But also, I also believe it's really important to reward yourself mm. when you yes. hit certain accomplishments. Yes. And what's you know? your... What's your strategy for how do you so, reward yourself, Octavia? So some examples. I have this little thing right here on my desk. I'm just showing Justine. And so right now I'm recording a, a weekly show for Harvard Business Review. And it was pretty daunting before I even started that for many reasons. But I decided after each episode, I kind of wrote down on a piece of paper something that I would do to celebrate that as a marker. Oh, it's small things, wow. right? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so I put it into a jar. And then after I've done each one, pull one out, whatever it oh, is. Oh, I love do it. I'm going to start doing that. That's brilliant. Oh, wow. Yes, everyone. That's <laughs> that's so, a definite to do. So, I love that. You know, no one is going to necessarily be, well, sometimes people come up to you and show, oh, great show. That was great. That's wonderful when people do that. But it's more important to me to take the moment to just think, okay, I did this. Yeah. I did this. Yeah. Let me just go and take a moment. And it could be just like having half an hour to read a magazine. It doesn't necessarily have to be no, anything, you know, <laughs> huge. And of course, for significant accomplishments, of course, by all means, please stop and pause and recognize that. But it comes up a lot in my coaching. You know, I, I, I work with individuals on really big goals. And sometimes they've been really scared to even say those things out loud. I, I hear the things that they haven't even said to themselves and, you know, conversations that they, they want to have maybe with their boss and have been afraid to. So we work through it. They get there and then all of a sudden they're wanting ready to move on to the next thing and i'm like no no stop mm -hmm. what did you do to celebrate that and nine times out of ten they're like well you know i got the promotion or i got the project i'm like yes mm -hmm. you deserved that but what are you doing to celebrate what you put in to get there so true and we whiz we do we whiz by everything we move on we move on we move on to the next thing on to the next thing on to the next and we're never stopping and pausing i never stop and pause to celebrate the things because i'm just on to and that then for sure connects right back to imposter syndrome because you're not even you're just going vroom, gliding over all these things without the actual yes. stop gaps in between them yes makes so that's much sense exactly why i emphasize the pausing because even for me sometimes when i'm looking at my jar and i'm like do i really need to pull one today yeah i did the show let's just move on but then i'm like no 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 i remember why it's important because you so it's that important. devaluing yeah what you're doing yeah completely and you have to value it hundreds even even when you feel you haven't done it as perfectly as you wanted to. Mm, yes, yes, I hear you on that. Yes, exactly. But it, it makes so much sense now. It makes sense because if we're, if we're scooting through life at 100 miles an hour and we're, you know, smashing it and, you know, breaking all those kind of glass ceilings and doing everything, but then we aren't stopping and pausing, then of course we're going to start having those feelings of imposter syndrome. It makes sense because if we're not kind of stopping processing applauding accepting absorbing and you know celebrating those achievements and we're just moving on we almost haven't even recognized their existence recognize what we've accomplished so we've just grazed over those things and then of course we're going to be like oh i don't achieve I, I don't deserve this well you don't even give yourself the time back then or then or then to actually say yay well done me i've done those things so exactly. you know you've not your brain your body your whole being hasn't had the time to process or yeah that makes so much sense i love that so true and again it boils back down to self-love 
and giving yourself that, you know, we all yes. are, you know, we're mummies and we're this, we're a hundred different things for a hundred different people. But again, bringing it back down to you and giving yourself that time and giving yourself that reward. I think it's so reward. important because sometimes then when you reach some pinnacle and then other people are saying, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Sometimes it does feel uncomfortable because we haven't even processed it fully ourselves and celebrated it ourselves. And I think it's really important to do both, yes. you know, to, to, to have that private time where you find a way to celebrate it, but also accept the praise and yes. the recognition and the accomplishments. We make our own luck. Yes, completely. And in really terms good. of other people and validation from other people, I mean, not seeking, uh, again, there's a fine line there between the, kind of you want the recognition for what you've done but then you also don't want to be you're not relying on that validation from one other person or multiple people doesn't suddenly make what you've done any greater or lesser than it is yes it's so true and I think it's really hard in this time especially in the era that we're living in with social media and you know you're looking you can see everyone's sharing what they're doing and you know you're liking and reaching and all these things and there's so much tied up in that but that's just one tiny piece Mm -hmm. of what we do and it's important because it's one tiny tiny piece you know there's 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 that internal reflection matters so much more and yes when the validation comes of course it's fantastic it's important recognition whether it's you know awards or media coverage or you know milestones or even just someone you know I'm proudest of the feedback I get one-on-one with my clients when you know we've done something together that really matters and I see it and I hear it that's great and of course that fuels you yeah that fuels but also taking that time yourself to understand what you've worked through and what matters and we don't always have people in our circle that can be our champions Mm -hmm. or that sounding board for us sometimes we do sometimes we don't and I think it helps if you're feeling a little bit alone and and struggling have someone in mind or people in mind you may not even know them or you may not be connecting really but think what would they do I often think what would Justine do oh Oh, I'm kind of facing a difficult decision oh absolutely I love that great thank you (laughs) good nice I like that thanks I do I do and also we're recognizing that you would probably go into the same thing and thinking about you know what your role models would do and who inspires you or going and reading something that reignites energy for you yes it's about positive energy know what refuels you when you're yes. feeling that way yes. and 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 then draw on those resources yeah and again I think we're you know social media definitely fuels that whole thing again with negative feelings or you know again when everyone's been on lockdown and all these other things that we've been kind of dealing with this year as well have created different feelings and emotions and insecurities and then of course you know different thoughts from other people or feeling threatened you know next episode I'm going to be sharing about just before we go into a new year sharing about the naysayers you know it's an area I speak you know often about and how you know often sadly you know other women do tear strips off of you or you know say things that then kind of leave a seed of self-doubt and then that connects right back to them fueling the whole feeling of imposter syndrome or downplaying your achievements because you don't want to be seen a certain way or have those people kind of look at you differently and to not be focused on thinking about what other people think and letting that go and letting them go and use your energy 
not to be wasted into what other people are thinking about you, but to focus on you and into the yes. people around you who love you and into everything you want to do in your life and your family. And that's the, the good energy again and really letting go of the stuff that's kind of can be a heavy weight around your neck. I think that's so important because you'll never please everybody. Yeah. But it's really important to focus your energy on what matters most to you and the people around you that yes. matter the most to you. You will never please everybody. And I think it's very easy for people to criticize others for things that they may never even have been brave enough to try and do. Mm. And it's also so like, well, true. who would you ever take advice from? Would you take advice from the person that's that naysayer anyway? Would you even be turning to that person? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. And so it's about letting that go. Yeah. Um, it's not easy though, because we are human and you know, there'll be times, especially if we're feeling uncertain and then you hear or see something that isn't supportive, that's really hard. Yeah. But then you have to dig a bit a little deeper and be like, tomorrow's another day. Yes, completely. I can do this. A hundred percent. I think that kind of brings us to a really nice place to wrap everything up. I think uh, that's been amazing. Thank you so much, Octavia. When is your book out? Oh, I'm not allowed to share the publication oh. date yet, but... You will have to share it with me and then I'll have to share it with everyone. I will, it's coming soon. And right. so I'll be sharing the journey on my personal website, OctaviaGorodima.com. I'm, I'm so excited about it. And, you know, I also recognize while I'm a coach, not everyone has access to a coach. Yeah. You know, often the people who need it the most may not be able to do it because, you know, coaching costs money. And so I really wanted to create a resource that would guide someone through every stage of their career, whether they're, you know, looking to land that next job and negotiate their salary, or if they're pushing for promotion, or if perhaps maybe they've lost a job or have taken a career break and are looking to come back or pivoting into something new. You know, you and I have both pivoted. We know what that's yes. like. And so I'm really excited about it. Um, it's going to be published by Wiley and I'll definitely keep you updated. Yay! And we will keep you all updated too. And if you go onto the podcast website page via Apple or Spotify, or whoever you listen uh, to your podcast with, you'll see all of Octavia's information. So you can go and look her up and follow her and keep an eye on everything that she's doing. And uh, Octavia, amazing. I'm, I'm so happy to have had you on today and thank you for being a part of this oh thank you so much for having me thank you what an amazing episode i hope you all really enjoyed that as much as i did uh wow really octavia touched on some really incredible and very valid points one of which gave me so much clarity was the part about not stopping to acknowledge or celebrate our achievements. And it's so true, isn't it? And it makes so much sense, that clarity I had halfway through, which was about, no, I mean, it's no surprise that we get to a point that we have feelings of imposter syndrome sneaking in, creeping in into our lives, into our thoughts, because we are plowing ahead so fast at such a speed and then we are pivoting in our careers and we're going up and up and up. But along the way, all of those stages and all those amazing achievements that aren't just the thing that you announce, it isn't just the new agency or a new project or a new course or whatever it is that you're doing and have done, but it's all the work behind that, all the work that people don't see, all the hard work that's gone into everything 
behind the scenes to get to that point of launching a product, launching something onto the market, launching a new course or a new anything, uh, cookbook, agency, anything, you know, as plenty, it really resonated with me because of course, we don't stop and acknowledge them and celebrate them properly in the way that we should. I feel like we get them out and then we move on to the next thing. It's done. Tick. Now on to the, And we haven't given ourselves that real pat on the back, that time, that deserved time to really say, well done. And and of course, then we get to a point that we're moving up and up and we're growing and we're becoming more successful and then these feelings are creeping in and it doesn't feel like it's maybe justified or then you feel like, oh gosh, you know, I don't deserve this. But you do. But you've just never given yourself that time to to acknowledge those achievements along the way so that by the time you're getting there, you feel fully like you own it and you deserve to be in that place. And I think that was a real eye-opener for me because, you know, obviously this year has been... <laughs> A massive exception. Um, but things like my, you know, I was going to have a huge party for my cookbook launch. And that hasn't happened, of course, with COVID and everything being cancelled. But it will happen. And it's going to happen. You know, it doesn't mean that just because that date is gone and that time has passed that you don't then celebrate whatever it is that you missed out on this year. But more importantly, in general anyway, with anything, I've re recently launched our new captain agency. What did I do to celebrate that? Nothing. I cracked on with the next to-do on my to-do list. And that's just, yeah, it was a real wake-up call um, to remember to do that now. And I love the jar. What a brilliant idea, the, the writing something in a jar to then pick out and, uh, uh, you know, it could be something really simple, having a, reading a book, having a bath, or it could be going and treating yourself to buying a new dress or a new pair of shoes of whatever it could be, or a day trip out or an evening away or a spa day, whatever it is. And I really like that. I think it's important that we make that effort to celebrate our achievements and recognize them ourselves and take that time for us because we do deserve it. And it once, once again, it just comes back on self-love. It comes back again on uh, connects back to not dialing down your achievements in any way and not dimming your light in any way. Um, I've, I think that many of us think that we shouldn't shout about things so much because we, uh, for fear of being seen to showing off or bragging or whatever you think it's being perceived as. And once again, it just depends who you're surrounding yourself with that's A, making you feel that way and B, that those people maybe are feeling that way or thinking that about you. And those are not your people. They are not the people you want around you. The people you want around you are the people who are praising you, championing you, pushing you forward. And in turn, you are with them as well, because they are people who are also accelerating forward and reaching for the, the stars and beyond. Um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of summarizes everything there. And I hope you really enjoyed it. I hope it resonated in all the right ways and that you will take away elements um, from everything that Octavia talked about to impart into your world too. And next episode, it's going to be on Christmas Eve. So between now and Christmas Eve, that's two weeks away to get your ducks in a row to finish your Christmas shopping. 
If you have not yet ordered the My Muy Bueno cookbook, now is the perfect time. A present for yourself for Christmas. Bit of self-love there to enjoy all my recipes as well as my story, which I share, all of my philosophy and a real kind of boost into the new year, uh, refined sugar-free goodness to be for everyday eating in your life. And if it's not for you, of course, to buy it for a friend or a loved one. So it's the perfect present for your mum, your dad, your brother, your sister, everyone, anyone. If you are in Mallorca, there's four amazing stockists who have signed copies, Rialto Living, Viveco, Delicioso and Knox, all amazing uh, female-led businesses where you can uh, also pick up a treat for yourself or more Christmas shopping and really support those businesses at this time. And of course, if you're in the UK, you can support our high street by picking up a copy at Waterstones. Or finally, of course, it is available on Amazon too. So that's it for today, everyone. Wishing you a very productive and busy next fortnight. Um, As I said, I'll be back on the 24th on Christmas Eve, where I will be sharing about putting light on about the naysayers, all about the naysayers, shining light on them and recognizing them and how they affect us on our day to day, how to remove them from your life. Um, And just, yeah, talking about my experiences with people like that, further experiences that I've been on the receiving end of um, all sorts of not just naysayers, but it's developed into trolls as well that I've recently been having to deal with with social media. So yeah, we'll be touching on lots of different elements there. Um, and that's it. As always, please hit the subscribe button at the end of this podcast and uh, rate it too, because all of those things really help it get seen more. And of course, I really appreciate your help and your support in doing that. And of course, please do share this podcast with any other women in business that you know. No, don't hold on to it all for yourself. Please share it. Send a link to your friends, to your colleagues, to your acquaintances, even to your clients to really uh, help boost them and give them that extra bit of support through this podcast at this time and beyond. So everyone, that is it. And wishing you all very well. And of course, to always keep your ducks in a row.